Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast with Simon Cocking, Senior Editor. I'll be doing a series of interviews with people at the cutting edge of green tech, clean tech, and anything else that we think is interesting and worth listening to for you guys, our listeners. Okay, so today uh, we have Tony Robinson, uh, who we have interviewed a couple of years ago and has subsequently uh, written a book as well um, and has a lot of interesting insights on entrepreneurship and startups. And well, I guess a few things that we're going to cover. So first of all, uh, great to have you on, Tony. And maybe for people who don't know what you do, could you give us a brief uh, elevator pitch of, uh, of the interesting things that you do? Yes, certainly, Simon, and uh, very nice to be with you all. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm known as the micro business champion, um, obviously mainly in the UK, but uh, we do run a uh, annual uh, micro biz matters day, which is all over the world, and that's on the eighth of January, uh-huh. uh, two thousand twenty-one, and uh, we link in with the Irish micro business owners then and uh, in the USA and uh, Canada and New Zealand. And uh, that's a fantastic day. We engage with over a million micro business owners because that's what I've been doing for many, many years, 20 years really, is uh, getting micro business owners recognized, uh, help with the learning and support they get. and. My big passion, I've obviously been running my own businesses for 30 odd years, but my big passion is actually improving the survival rate of startups. And uh, that's what I got my OBE for in the UK, uh, was uh, helping small firms. So uh, my own businesses have really been secondary to what I've been trying to do to make life's better for uh, micro business owners, which, um, as you probably know, Simon, are the ones that most people think of as small businesses, really. The 95% of businesses are micro between naught and nine employees. And uh, so that's what I get up to. And uh, as you say, maybe I'll be called the happypreneur from now on, because that's the name of our new book. Cool. No, yeah, that's good, and it makes sense. And you know, even if even if you plan to be bigger, you have to start small. Um, when you give advice and you talk to people about this this aspect, what's different about being small than being big? Then, well, basically, I mean, I think the uh, most important thing is the business owner as uh, as leader and developer and creator, really. Um, a business owner if, uh, has to do three things beautifully. If you go back to um, Schumacher with "Small is Beautiful," uh-huh. you know, they've got they've got to create something great, whether that's an app or software. It doesn't matter what it is; it's got to be absolutely great. Uh, they've actually got to market it absolutely beautifully as well, and they've got to uh, look after the money side and especially cash flow. Um, I campaign for things like paying thirty days. Um, but uh, they've got to look after the man- the money side beautifully. Now, uh, somebody starting up, the difficulty is that we've never found anybody that is absolutely brilliant at all those three things. Sure. Uh, yeah. And so in order to start up and survive, and, uh, you know, you can build to, you know, be a billionaire, if you like, but you've usually got to start up as one person. Then you're nor- you've got to get, 
the right connections so that you do all those three things absolutely beautifully. And, and my contention is that the, all the greatest entrepreneurs in the world are people that have started up their own business from scratch and actually been able to do all those things. I mean, my friend is a, a school classmate, is a chap called Sir Jim Ratcliffe, and he's worth 19 billion pounds. <laughs> Uh -huh. um, and he he uh, owns Ineos, um, which oh, yeah. is uh, yeah. And uh, uh, now basically, he he does all those things uh, outstandingly well. Um, and when he bought his first business at at forty, if you like, he had to put his house on the line. And uh, but the point is that he was a chemical engineer. He was a qualified accountant, yeah, um, and he started with a team, including the family, um, that uh, you know ticked all the boxes. But he had to start up as one person, if you like, before he built this massive empire. And I believe that those are the great leaders that we actually create in the world. So, being a micro business owner, um, you can be a happypreneur like me who doesn't want to grow to be large. I was once a chief executive of an American multinational, and I never wanted in my 34 years to be running a large business. Uh, but on the other hand, if you do develop uh, to be a large business, you're going to be a very different type of leader from a professional manager or chief executive. And that's why entrepreneurs are more successful because they get the right talent and they connect the right people because they've learned it right from the beginning. But they're outstandingly good. I don't know, you know, I can't, I can't, you know, when, you, when you're in the world of, you know, pitch deck, Simon, and, you know, Silicon Valley type tech startups and various things. Um, and one of the problems with that is that it's all about the idea and it's all about the investors. And basically, the business owner, uh, the entrepreneur may not have learned the skills, but you do that if you actually start off on your own and you grow organically. Um, and I, I usually say it takes about 18 months, if you like. And it's the difference between... 80% of startups surviving three years and around about 30% of them surviving three years. Um, it's that skill set that you actually build up as a micro business owner. So I know I'm biased, but I believe that um, people starting as a micro business owner are, need to be recognized as tremendously important to the economy. They create all the new jobs, they create all the innovation, but governments look at SME leaders and they look at, you know, they look at size, if you like. Um, yeah. So I'm pitching for the little guy. <laughs> yeah. Look, uh, and uh, like you say, if, if you get it right, those principles stand you in good stead. Um, and so, I mean, you mentioned Schumacher and, and equally there have been a, a almost not, maybe a wave of books talking about reimagining capitalism and how it's not enough just to be reporting to shareholders. Um, mm -hmm. So, that definitely resonates. Um, when you talk to the people that you mentor and advise, um, see, at what point or how do they integrate value, sustainability, B Corp sort of concepts? You know, like, is that something that you hard bake in from the beginning or, or what's the best way to manage that? 
I th I think the um, one of the, the important thing to remember is that a uh, a business owner, an entrepreneur, has to learn really fast on the job. There is absolutely no substitute for that. So you can't bake it in. It's one of the reasons that accelerators and um, uh, and scale up um, organisations are relatively so damned in unsuccessful um it, it has to be on the job learning it's a completely different uh mm -hmm. scenario from business management and business studies but remember you've got to you know i mean a, a trend word would be pivot for example simon yeah and, and, <laughs> right and that would be exactly what i'm talking about about my worries about people actually pivoting before they've actually learned how to be entrepreneurial and enterprising and the skills to do so because basically somebody that is enterprising and i would say i am even though i've never had um my business has never had more than nine employees it's, it's usually had about seven or eight employees although i am chair of a number of businesses that have have more than that but the ones i've started up have, have a small number of employees and the point is you were constantly developing new multi multiple income streams. You were constantly um, seeking out new opportunities. You were constantly making new deals, if you like. You're constantly buying in new expertise and innovation. Does that make sense? It's not a linear. Mm -hmm. It's not a linear thing. Yeah. What people teach business managers is linear. Uh, enterprise is not linear and so um it you know i'm answering your question it is not about baking it in it okay. is about it is about test trading mm -hmm. yeah um back to eric reese and lean startup and various yeah. things yeah um i always say bootstrap don't borrow for at least six months if you like because you'll need at least six months to do your test trading before you can even start to put a business plan together now that's no good for an investor i realize that simon but we were talking about how do you create a successful entrepreneur yeah. Oh, definitely, and, you, definitely, and, you, yeah. and you create a successful entrepreneur that survives the first tough three years by them actually learning fast, really fast um, in terms of uh, on, on the job, if you like. And, and, and I can't remember many uh, business owners that have actually started a business. Certainly I haven't, all the ones I've started that actually started a business that ended up being the business that they've got after 18 months. Absolutely no way. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, look, I mean, it, it's almost presumptuous that how could you know where the business and the traction and the interest will be until you, you know, the, like Steve Blanc as well, who we've chatted to, you know, you get mm -hmm. out of the door and you actually try stuff. So I'd agree. And equally, the same with taking investors is a very problematic thing to do because your hands are immediately tied and you're on someone else's timeline and time frame for delivering something. So, yeah, I would not be keen to do that anytime soon. Um, I have another question for you. Mm -hmm. OK, so has this year changed the way that companies do business, will do business? uh oh wow yeah this is a big question i mean i i've um 
I do know, unfortunately, quite a lot about that because in the UK, I'm campaigning for three million. Uh, we call them the excluded UK that have received no government support since March. So, um, and they are uh, 2.5 million of them are micro business owners. So uh, you can imagine that uh, that's <laughs> that, that's a big problem. But if you take business overall, I think that. You know, the encouraging thing, I'm hoping to make 2021 the year of the happypreneur, because I think this is a great opportunity to show how fleet of foot and how agile um, uh, micro business owners are and business owner led businesses. Yeah. Rather than investor shareholder controlled businesses. Going back to that point, I think they move far too slowly. I mean, you know, the. Uh, I've uh, well, I, I've got friends in Scarborough. Just put it that way. That have completely in 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 catering type businesses, if you like, um, with cafes and restaurants that have completely shifted the menu, the okay. delivery distributions. That you know they've done it in in weeks, if you like. I've got some some friends that are earning three times as much because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah, than, yeah. They were, than, than they were before, uh, and and that kind of like proves my point. I'm I'm not saying that you're bomb proof, but I am saying that if it's not a job, if it is an enterprising venture run by a business owner, you're much more likely to actually see anything. I know this sounds terrible, you know. Um, for example. What doesn't happen? Well, a musician is really struggling at the moment. An actor is really struggling at the moment. Um, you know, anybody in the events industry, yeah? Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. but that's because the job is the only thing, if you like, within their enterprise. They're freelancers, yeah? But, a, but an enterprise in itself, being enterprising, I mean, just look at the ones that have shifted into um, Zoom, for example, you know, and yeah. are, are getting paid. I mean, I, I actually do Zoom talks now to get donations for the excluded UK. Do, do okay. you know what I mean? And I yeah. didn't know anything about Zoom until COVID started. Yeah. But it was yeah. quick and easy to see that somebody can get, you know, can use Eventbrite and get something like 100 people. But instead of trying to charge a huge amount for a you ask for a you know ten pound donation for everybody that goes on for an hour. Do, do, do you know what I mean? It's a, it completely changes the model. But all I'm saying is, an enterprising business owner can do those things very very quickly because they've been used to. You know, they've dealt with flooding, they've dealt with financial crashes, they've dealt with the bank taking away the overdraft. Don't get me onto overdrafts. Do, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. In, in other words, you experientially have these setbacks because it is always a roller coaster in your own enterprise. And that's why you're agile and fleet of foot and you're always looking for new opportunities. Um, I mean, I mean, to go way back to one story I tell in, in, in the book, The Happypreneur, my father became a successful entrepreneur because his health, he had emphysema, meant that he couldn't actually work from anywhere else but home. 
and he actually put five box mills, um, you know, producing pallets and boxes and stillages and various things together as a cartel. And he formed a sales agency and got large businesses, etc. Now, what he did was a series of negotiations to create an incredibly successful sales agency filling up five manufacturing units in Hull. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is entrepreneurial, enterprising behavior. Yeah. His health has collapsed. What does he do now? Yeah. He actually shifts totally what he was doing because he was had his own box mill. He was the managing director of it to become a sales agency in an industry he was outstandingly good at. Yeah. You know, point proven. All I'm saying is he did that not overnight, but it actually only took him six months to set up this sales agency, which was incredibly successful. Unfortunately, only got seven years out of it uh, before he died. But on the other hand, he was exceptionally successful doing it. Yeah, and it is a good story in the book, and the photos are great too. So, yeah, I know I know the one you mean. Um, also in the book, you, you mentioned that you took a year uh, it was in in Malta or Gibraltar to spend yeah Malta to, yeah Malta to write the book um so and 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 you reflect on how th that time out was very useful and enabled you to do it so I guess the question is is that uh, since then uh, one how was it useful and two do you have a way that you include how do you build reflection time into a busy schedule. Yeah, I think it's uh, incredibly important and. Uh, the way I do it now to answer the second part of the question is I run five miles every day. Okay. Um, so that's my reflection time. You know, I'm quite old now, so that takes me an hour. <laughs> but but uh, that's one hour every single day, and I run around the coast. doesn't matter what the weather is, and that's my reflection time, and I find that most useful. Uh, because I still write, I write fiction, non-fiction, as well as running businesses and, uh, you know, campaigning for businesses, uh, then I actually find that, uh, you know, that hour and a half, two hours after I've had a shower and, and, and got going is my most productive of the day, every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I've, I've thought in my mind the people I must contact with and the things I must not think about the rest of the day, kind of thing, you know, and not get distracted by. Yeah. Um, and uh, as, I, as I say, I, I believe that entrepreneurially, the, 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 the most important skill is negotiation, which is very little talked about, but everybody I know, Lord Sugar was a client of mine. Um, you know, uh, talk about Jim Ratcliffe, we've just talked about as a young guy called Chris Percival's got £330 million business and he's only 28 now. Um, cool. all, all of these kind of people that I know, what are they great at? They're great at making deals. Okay. Yeah, that's that's how they grow their businesses. They make deals. You know, they make make a deal with an employee that they actually can't afford to pay the salary, but they give them a share of the business or whatever it may be. But they're mm -hmm. constantly making deals to actually grow the business. And so, um, basically, what that year in in Malta did was it uh, made me decide to get away from all of the stuff that I was doing that I didn't like. 
and uh, get involved in terms of uh, setting up new things by making deals. And that's what I do. And that's why I'm chair of things like Yorkshire in Business now and uh, the big uh, NGO that I founded uh, called the Small Firms Enterprise Development Initiative. Uh, that I did have 100% shareholding of it. I came back and I resigned from any executive position in it. Uh, I've only got 30% shareholding in it now, and I have nothing to do with it at all. So, um, you know, although I was there to write books, fiction and nonfiction in Malta, and it was uh, very productive, um, what it what it really did was I came back with a number of deals I wanted to make to set up my, my future. So that, mm-hmm. that hopefully answers your question. I, I, I mean, I, I actually do think that um, one of the things that, is still always right in the e-myth really is that you need that reflection time um, not to get too uh, embroiled in um, uh, non-productive behaviors <laughs> during the day you know and, and I think you know if you say well you know who is better at doing this than I am you know, can I actually make a deal with them so that they do it rather than me struggling for yeah. 20 hours to make the tech work or whatever it is? Do you, do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think only by going slightly away from it and looking at yourself, what are you best at? What can you do? What makes you happy? That's the happypreneur bit, yeah? Uh, yeah. Because you're not going to work well in, unless you're happy, unless you're enjoying it. You know, we've got to put a lot, whichever way you look at it, we've got to put a lot of hours into earning our living out of our own businesses time. And you know, I don't see any alternative. I don't know anybody that's done it that, that doesn't. We certainly don't retire. So, um, you know, I, th- I think that you've got to actually, um, you know, be very um, hard nosed about what you're really good at, what you enjoy doing and, um, you know, take a decision on that. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I, I hear you and I think it's very liberating too to let, let go of the bits that you're not so good at too. So uh, that definitely makes sense. Um, so... You mentioned Schum- Schumacher, and I mean, his book, Small is Beautiful, is great. And that was written all oh, 73, 74, a long time ago. Correct. So, um, I guess I, I, I wonder how he thinks we are. And then who else do you look for inspiration and inspiration, information and inspiration from? Yeah, basically, the uh, the, the book is based uh, really on, on three guys in terms of uh, what they've written and done. Um, and, and and those three are uh, Schumacher, and the aim of the book was to bring Small is Beautiful to right up to date, if you like, um, okay. and, and look at enterprise rather than he looked at economics. So basically, the book is was a two year project to actually create the new Small is Beautiful, really. And uh, you'll be the judge of that. I won't say any more of that. But uh, that's very important. I do curate the smallest beautiful role of honour, um, which is uh, where I get companies to sign up to six values that Schumacher would have agreed with, if you like. Um, and one of those is actually paying in 30 days and another is a third day's work for a third day's pay. You get the idea kind of thing. Um, 
uh, and, and obviously the environment is and communities are very important to Schumacher as well. So companies sign up to that. So Schumacher is one. Um, the second is a psychologist who was regarded as second greatest psychologist of all time. And that's a guy called Albert Ellis. Um, have you heard of him? Uh, not really. Okay. Well, obviously most of my inspiration comes from him because he, um, he underpins the whole thing in psychology and the philosophy of happypreneurship. Um, uh, Albert Ellis really wrote books like, you know, how, how to never ever be miserable kind of thing based on stoic and ever. And, uh, that's where the happypreneurship comes from. He always says that, um, uh, masturbation is good, but masturbation is bad. And, uh, and those three things, that are must things are that you you feel I must do well, you must treat me well, and the world must be easy. Yeah, does that make sense? So, yeah. in other words, you've got you've got to look at the world that nobody's going to do anything but you, <laughs> your thoughts and actions, if you like, and you can practice. And this, I know this sounds terrible and it's very hard for people to grasp, but it's actually essential to happiness and actually staying productive um, and avoiding depression and all those kind of things. Um, so you can actually practice what your thoughts and actions are going to be when some of the worst things that will happen in your life do happen. And... Uh, so it's all about practice. I mean, just think about sports people, how they practice, if you like, for a, an unforeseen situation in a match actually actually happening. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, you know, the the it's a it's a tremendous skill. It's very, very important. And the third one that's really important to the work, you know, you do and the tech sector. Um, because it works equally as well as a chap called Dr. Ernesto Ciroli. Um, and uh, he also, like Albert Ellis, um, liked Schumacher's work, um, and uh, uh, like me, uh, a lot of his work is based on, on, on what Schumacher actually said, but he created Enterprise Facilitation, uh, which with organizations I've founded like Yorkshire in Business that looks after startup support right through our largest county in England, Yorkshire. Um, we actually use Cirelli's uh, principles of enterprise facilitation. And the starting off point for that, which is also a Schumacher point, is, is that you, you shouldn't push things on people. Governments are great at coming up with an idea and selling it, pushing it, propaganda at business earners and potential business earners and various things. What you do is you embed people so that they're trusted within the community so that um, entrepreneurs and enterprising people hear by word of mouth that this person is quite good and quite useful and they actually come to you and they say what their problem is mm -hmm. and you ask them questions and then you don't presume that there's an answer you then signpost them 
yeah, yeah. to the people that can actually provide the solutions to the problems that they've got and that's enterprise facilitation in that but you can see how different it is from having a coach or having a a mentor or a teacher or a trainer or a business school yeah or a accelerator it mm -hmm. works totally on somebody actually being uh, trusted within the community to actually be able to signpost you to how you can solve <clears throat> Uh, any problems or issues in your in your business that's called enterprise facilitation so that i think answers your question as well really is is that the practical side i must admit i've only ever had uh, female business partners and so i put any success i've had throughout my career to to those and i mentioned those in the book as well so that's the practical application of what uh, schumacher Ellis and uh, Ciroli have taught me over the years. Awesome. I mean, and, and like you say, I think uh, having someone who's different from you in as many ways as possible, it can only help you to avoid making bad decisions because you, you've got people with a different perspective. So, Oh, abs absolutely. I mean, I, I think the other point about Ciroli is he says where I started off with Schumacher as well. We've never found anybody who is outstanding at the marketing, the creating, the you know, putting the product service together or whatever it is and uh, managing the money. You know, there isn't that person. And that's why I've always been very lucky to be working with uh, uh women business partners that have a different perspective, a different skill set, and uh, have stopped me making a huge amount of errors. <laughs> yeah, well, there's something to be thankful for, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I have uh, one and a half questions. Uh, so you're quite active on social media. So um, yeah. in what ways do you find it useful? And do you find it a blessing or a blessing and a curse? Or how do you navigate and manage effective use of it? Yeah, I don't I don't like being trolled a lot. Um, no, and, I, and, I, and I am. And, and uh, some days you find it, you know, even though you've practiced, if you like the Albert Ellis way, sometimes you do find it a bit upsetting, um, mm. especially because uh, my name is the, the same as um, a famous presenter and uh, actor in, in England as well. So, so I get a lot of his trolls as well as, as my own. Um, but um but the, yeah i mean i think that the most important thing uh for me is that um twitter and linkedin uh specifically have allowed me um from home <laughs> uh i've now got a home office for the last mm -hmm. two years uh to actually uh campaign on a massive massive scale and obviously that does also work with my writing and it, my speaking engagements as well um and uh you know basically the whole microbiz matters movement that we created was created on the back of twitter so um you know the reason we reach a million people 
on Microbismatus Day is because of uh, what I do day to day on Twitter and LinkedIn and what other people do. I must admit, uh, Instagram and Facebook, um, well, all of all of the other mediums, Pinterest, I, I, I do use all of the social media channels, but I do think you've got to actually find, this is another thing, test trading, isn't it, again, Simon? You yeah. know, I think you've actually got to test out what is right for your audience, if you like. Now, so for example, I find that my about 4,000 LinkedIn contacts are now more productive to me in business and in my campaigning than uh, all my email lists, which are many, many more than that on MailChimp, for example. Okay. Yeah, I'm just to use a practical example. What what was email marketing is now a LinkedIn connections community if you like so yeah um and and what tends to happen is my kind of funnel goes from you know like twitter to a linkedin connection um so you know i think everybody's got to use it in different ways but i don't think there's any precise way i think it is a matter of test 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 or, and and various things one of the things that we do um is also that we uh, we do look at the numbers so on twitter for example we've got about uh, 10 people every uh, week that have got uh, over 20,000 followers themselves mm -hmm. and they're re they're retweeting our stuff every 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 week um so that's great and then we also have you know some of those that are not just above uh twenty thousand they're above two hundred thousand so you know it's very very simple isn't it as a medium i mean look at how donald trump has used it kind of thing so, so but but I, but I think you've got to find out what it's actually what it's actually doing and uh, and the difference in it. It's not a broadcast medium. I and mean, I think that's the important thing, isn't it, about social media, any social media, really. You know, it only works if you're actually ending up in conversations with yeah. people, even if yeah. there's a Twitter conversations. You know, the, the only reason that you'll actually get somebody to connect with you on LinkedIn is if you've actually been talking to them and you've share some values if you like on on twitter yeah very much so oh look definitely um and i think those are good insights uh, for people to think on as well um so look thanks very much for your time what's the best way if people want to learn more about what you do or reach out to you yeah tony robinson ob.com uh go on the website and all the other contact details twitter handles uh, linkedin everything else is there and uh you can also um see you know what the happypreneur book is all about on my website as well which is available in all good bookstores of course <laughs> Simon and awesome. uh, as well. <laughs> take care thank you very good. much we hope you enjoyed that podcast and we will be bringing you more across as diverse and interesting a range of stories as we can find. You're welcome to reach out to us on Twitter, LinkedIn or by email and give us any feedback and let us know what you'd like us to cover in the future. Thanks and keep listening.